It's your girl, Kara, coming at you from my parlor in the city of trees, Boise, Idaho. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Dusty. How you doing? I'm doing well. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. You're looking good. Thank you. Oh, um, I'm very excited about this episode. Why? This trial of Lori Vallow is happening here in Boise in the same court area. Maybe not the same courtroom, but I have been a juror. I have administered justice in the same courtroom or series of courtrooms. Within the same building? I think so. Probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was probably like 10 years ago. It was just a one-day trial. It was uh, a selection process. We, we didn't have 1,800. It was just 50 people that they started with. And while no one really wants to be part of the jury, because, you know, you know it's, they could be long and boring, at, during the process, I kind of had like pick me vibes. So I was like, I hope they pick me. I, I just, or I don't want to be picked last. I don't know. I, I don't know why I'd like to be picked. But um, yeah, I was part of a jury. We decided not to convict the person. In fact, it was kind of felt like a waste of time because the court case was about this person who didn't pull over fast enough for the cops. Like, the person, number one, wasn't going very fast. And then there was nowhere to pull over, but they didn't like that he didn't pull over in the road. I don't know. I would have probably done the same thing. It felt really petty of a case. And we did not convict the man. Have you ever been part of a? Absolutely. I, I loved every second of it. Ooh. How I long got, was your court case? Oh, a few days, I think. Oh, okay. It was focused on a jewelry thievery. Ooh. Um, a diamond theft that the guy paid with a, a, um, like a check without funds. So a bounce check. So he didn't steal it. He actually just wrote a bad check. Yeah. But he knew he was writing a bad check, like a false check. Who, who are these jewelers that take checks? That is, that is, well, it was, it was back. It was, it was a while ago. Um, and I remember his public defender was awful. Just like. It was so bad. You could watch the guy and, and he was trying to catch the the plaintiff in uh, a lie, which didn't happen. And she, he was like, so you said this happened on a Tuesday. Nope. It happened on a Wednesday. Okay. So on that Tuesday, did, and it was just like, nope. And it was so bad. Um, and then we got into the jury room and I think within the first few minutes, someone said, okay, so let's, let's look at the stuff. And just discuss if, you know, he, he might have made a mistake. And I remember somebody goes, are you serious? <laughs> and she looked all around. She goes, I, I don't know. I was just trying to be fair. Are we all sure he did it? Yes, we did. It. Okay. So he said guilty. And then um, we got sent back into the room and the judge came in and said, since you found him guilty, he had another charge, but it wasn't going to do anything. So he just pled guilty to it and you're done. So we got it right. Nice. For sure. Well, I don't know. Where is that? No, Have you ever didn't. looked up that person to see where they are now? Absolutely not. Because oh, okay. I forgot his name within two days. Oh, dang. Sorry. Where are they now? Um, he's probably doing the same thing. Okay. And maybe change his life. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, you never know. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Lori Vallow. She I was I was really excited about this first week of the court case because um you you get opening statements, and that's when we find out. Although Lori pleaded not guilty, like she's saying she didn't do it, we don't know what her defense is until we hear the opening statements. 
I was kind of wondering if she was going to say like, the devil made me do it. I guess that's not really a defense or like, I wasn't even there. I don't know what you're talking about. Like deny, deny, deny. But her defense, we heard there was just really brief opening um, arguments. And her defense is she's a good mom. She was a cool mom. And she's going to have people testify to that. And that she wasn't there. She was in her apartment when the children were being killed. And that she was actually in Hawaii Hawaii when Chad's wife, Tammy, was killed. So that's her defense. And I guess we'll see how that works out because, like, do you really, I mean, just because you weren't there doesn't mean you can't be convicted of, like, the conspiracy or even part of the murder, I guess. So we'll see how that goes. One of the first things they admit into evidence is pictures or like autopsy photos of the ex- of Tammy Daybell who is Chad's late wife. They exhumed her body for an autopsy and they took pictures. And those pictures they presented to the courtroom. And on this day we find out that she died of asphyxiation. Now, she as we talked about before had died in her sleep and they said natural causes at first. And then after all this stuff happened, they exhumed her body. And now we know she died of asphyxiation. That was new information. The other new information we get from that day is that Lori's DNA was found on a shovel located on Chad's, in Chad's, Chad's shed on his property. And that's where the children were found their bodies. But couldn't she say, yeah, I did some work around his yard. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, but considering they were buried in the ground, that, uh, that doesn't look good. And then the other new evidence we got from the day is that Chad's cell phone pinged at the burial site of Tylee, one of the children. And during the time that they believe she was murdered or buried. Um, then on the second day, they have the detective from Rexburg. His name is Ray Hermosillo. And this guy was tireless in trying to find the children before they found out they were dead. And he was actually there when the bodies were, were found in the ground. Like he was there. So what did he, what did he offer to it? Um, so he kind of talked about how they tried to find the kids first and Lori and Chad did a lot of lying. So he testified to that. And he testified to like how, like the day that they dug up the, that sounds so terrible to say that they dug up the children when they found the the bodies. Yes. Um, So then they started kind of showing some pictures of when they, when they found the bodies. And then, you could tell or witnesses in the courtroom could tell that like Lori was visibly shaken. Like that was disturbing to her. And so they recessed for lunch. And when they came back from lunch, before they even got the court case started, like the, the defense lawyer asked to talk to the judge with Lori out in the hallway. And they were talking for a long time and they brought in the prosecutor and they all had a little talk. And I guess what happened is her defense lawyer had asked on Lori's behalf if she could be excused from the courtroom for the rest of the day um, to waive her right to be present for her own trial. Why? Um, because the photos were so disturbing and she was so disturbed by the, her dead children's bodies 
And the judge denied their request. I mean, the if if the jurors, if he has to look at these photos, if the judge, if everybody else in the courtroom has to look at them, he's going to say too. she does too. She has to be there. And then, um, so kind of that rest of the afternoon, they went through the pictures. I guess that was very graphic. And reporters reported being very disturbed by the pictures. And while they're showing the pictures, she's kind of like pretending to sleep or she's closing her eyes with like her hand on her on her head. So pretty disgusting day. Yeah, that wouldn't be. There's a lot of bad things about trials. And one of them is reliving for everyone who's in that room some of the most disturbing things you'll ever see or hear. And I guess it's good that she was disturbed. She should be disturbed. If she wasn't disturbed, I would think she'd be like a psychopath. That you could just look at those pictures. So I guess I think that's good for her as a human. She she exhibits human-like behavior. So the next day um, on the stand is still that detective Ray Hermosillo from Rexburg PD. He is he talks some more about finding the bodies, and they do a little bit of that, and then and they enter into evidence a phone call from when Chad and Lori are both in jail and they're like still looking for the bodies where they're buried and a phone call between them the day the bodies are found or they start digging up on Chad's property. Chad, Chad tells Lori, I guess, I guess we'll see what transpires today and we should just pray, 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 pray. I think people don't realize, I don't know why people don't realize this because this comes up in every single court case. All your jail calls are recorded, whether they're with your, I think only the ones that are with your lawyer, they can't use. So if you're talking to a friend, you're talking to your parents. Was this prisoner to prisoner? Yeah, this was or, prisoner to prisoner because they were both in jail. So you can call another inmate, sorry, from another I guess. facility or whatever? I think they were both in jail, yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. I didn't know they wouldn't allow that. But I guess if you're going to record it, then- why not? Yeah. if Because if it tells ever, them it's being recorded. Yeah. And if this ever happens to you, only talk to your lawyer on recorded lines. Yeah, that's what we learned. Okay. That's what we learned. So the next day, her friend, Melanie Gibb, is on the stand. And this is the friend that Lori said, oh, the, my kids are with my friend, uh, Melanie, in Arizona. So this Melanie is on the stand. And she was part of this religious community that believed these different LDS beliefs, and she ends up, when she starts suspecting that there's foul play, as she should, she probably just should have suspected earlier, she records a phone call with Lori, and that phone call is played. And Lori tells her on this recorded phone call that once her spouse, Charles, passes away and Chad's spouse, Tammy, passes away, then they can be together. This is before Anyone any of their spouses are, are dead. She's talking about marrying Charles when they die. I mean, Chad when they die. And during this phone call, she also tells Melanie that Tylee and JJ and her husband, Charles, have dark spirits that are possessing them. And that's kind of a theme within this these religious beliefs that they have is a lot of dark spirits inhabiting people's bodies. There also seems to be an uh, undercurrent of reincarnation 
like in your past life, you did this or did that. So that's also things that are going on in these conversations. Now, Melanie believes these things, or and she might actually still, but this was stuff that was common to her. And um, Melanie was actually in this recorded phone call later saying that, I, I don't think that you're, Understanding of scripture is correct. These people don't need to die. You've been deceived um, because she knows that the children are missing at this time. And in this phone call, something that's kind of damning is that Melanie asked, oh, this is a different phone call. I think there were a series of phone calls. So in a different phone call, Melanie asked Lori how Tammy died. Tammy is Chad's late wife. So this is post- I need to get rid of them so we can be married. Yes. She, Lori said that Tammy had an evil spirit and they had to do what they had to do to get the evil spirit out of her. Sounds legit. Sounds legit, but, oh, oh gosh. I mean, that seems pretty damning. Then Detective Nathan Duncan of Chandler, Arizona Police took the stand. Now, he was the detective that investigated the shooting from Lori's brother who shot Lori's husband, Charles, and he ended up dying. He investigated the incident, the crime scene, all of that stuff. He was brought on to stand. Now, Lori is being charged as like a conspirator in that murder, but that's a different state and that's a different trial. So the judge told the jury, hey, we're going to talk about some of this stuff that has to do with Charles because the evidence that they are collecting for that trial also pertains to this one. But you're not supposed to like make a judgment about if she killed or was part of the conspiracy to kill Charles. That's kind of hard to do when when you're told... Here's this and this and this, but don't really think about that. I don't know how you're supposed to separate that. No, oh, it's very difficult. Yeah, because it kind of makes it seem like, oh, this isn't an isolated incident. We're we're talking about lots of deaths. Yeah. So how I don't know if they give them tips and tricks on how to separate that, how to compartmentalize your your judgment. But that's that's what they're I don't know. Don't doesn't the judge say you know, people say something and the judge goes, scratch that. I jury disregard what you just heard. Like, I feel like that would be a good trick to like, I'm going to say it. Oops, you took it away. Okay. They can't think about it, but they're going to think about it. Yes. Someday when the jury of our peers is actually chat GPT and the judge says, chat GPT, strike that from the record. And it, then it can, it can, and they can be a fully unbiased jury of our artificial intelligence peers. I just finished a sci-fi book about that stuff. Kind of scary. It doesn't work out well. Ooh. So I hope that doesn't work. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. But anyways, back to what day are you on? Are you starting five? This is day four. Nathan Duncan of, of Chandler, Arizona PD. He's also showing evidence about some emails that she found of, of Lori and Chad. Now, this is when they're both married. They were emailing, and it it kind of seemed like it got inappropriate or what he thought was inappropriate. So then Charles contacts Chad's wife, Tammy, and tells tells her, I think we have some inappropriate contact. I hate be the one to tell you this, but this is what's going on with our spouses. So that was— Oh, okay. Yeah. And there were more emails about 
uh, Charles was emailing and saying that how she was lying and she was planning something. He was emailing this to multiple people and to Lori. And the night that he ends up dying because Alex comes over and they have a confrontation, this is Lori's brother, he texts a friend and says, Al is here. Some, they're planning something. They're planning something. And then he ends up dying because he gets shot during this confrontation. Um, there's another email, and this is Alex, who is the brother that ends up killing Lori's husband, Charles. He tells Lori, they have, they have the name for the evil spirit that lives or lived in Charles was named Ned. And Alex tells Lori, have fun and get rid of Ned already. This is real. Like, this is really what they're- I mean, they, not only are these emails real, but like, they really believe this stuff. Like, enough to possibly kill people. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, then Alex's wife takes the stand. Now, Alex is dead. Died of natural causes. But- um, his wife was also a really good friend to Lori and part of their religious community and held these religious beliefs. Her name is Zulima. And Lori had texted Zulima telling her that she was giving instructions to rip, to tear, to burn, to let dark energy out of the body. This is instructions from God to her. And in one email or one text message, Zulima asked Lori where Tylee and JJ, or where Tylee was. And Lori said, don't ask. She had to be free. I, if, I cannot not ask. Like, if somebody says don't ask, I'm asking a follow-up question. That's just who I am. Right. I don't know how you, I mean, just starting with don't ask, that means there's a lot going on here. Yes. I would agree with that statement. Um, And then... Zulima testifies to this belief system of about dark and light spirits within their religious beliefs. And Tylee, the daughter, she was a 4.1 on the scale and on the dark side. But Lori, she was a 4.3 on the light side. I don't know what the scale goes up to. Maybe it's only five and then they're both like extremely light and dark. Um, Lori also claimed kind of to be clairvoyant and could see how long people lived. And she had told Zulima that JJ would have a very short life. She was correct. Okay. And, um, Zulima also testified that the only way to get rid of evil spirits is to burn or bind the body in order for another demon not to come back in it. So you would, you would burn the body to get rid of the demon, which would therefore um, kill the person. Kill the person, but then another demon couldn't come into that dead body, burned body. I guess. Now, Zulima was not like Melanie. Like Melanie, at the end of this situation where the kids are missing, Melanie's realizing this stuff is getting too crazy. Zulima, when all this was happening, was still a believer in the dark and light spirit stuff and kind of went along with the religious jargon about getting rid of people. But now as she's testifying, she does not believe that and she considers it evil. Okay. So I want to backtrack. So they said that you had to bind the body and or burn the body 
to get rid of the evil spirits. And what is the consensus or whatever on how the children were murdered? Um, so Tylee, her remains are very, very burned. So they don't necessarily know how she died, but she was very, very burned. That's her. She just has like remains of ashes. JJ was bound when they found him. So I think those pictures are probably the most graphic. I don't know. I haven't seen him, but uh, like hands, legs. So fitting with what yeah. was kind of spoken of is how you get rid of the evil spirits. Yeah. And they believe Tylee had an evil spirit. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Her evil spirit was named Hillary. They had names for him. Did they make those up or did they not say that? Well, I mean, because I don't believe in these religious beliefs, probably they made them up. But I mean, I don't think that they believe they made them up. So that kind of wraps up the week one of this case. Uh, week two starting, actually week two is starting on Tuesday. They're taking Monday off. So we should get some good stuff coming up next week and we will recap the week as well. I am interested in hearing more about the defense. Um, as they cross examine these witnesses, they're not really catching them in lies or gotchas. Uh, I think they're just clarifying exact precise word type stuff. So no gotcha moments yet. Other than these crazy phone calls that are kind of damning. Those are kind of gotcha moments. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, we have an email account, and I would love to hear your stories. Have you been on a jury before? Do you have any crazy jury experiences? Have you been actually convicted or acquitted of charges? That actually would be nice to hear about, too. You can email us at popcrime at yahoo.com. Yes, still a thing. We're still using Yahoo. We are a Yahoo family. So please follow this podcast on Apple, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are love the listeners and actually share it. Do you have a friend who might be interested in this? We would love them to join. See you later. See you later.